Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston, and today we're going to be talking about stone and tile myths, and um, probably a little bit more than myths, but probably some of the misinformation that's going out there as well, which I guess you could consider somewhat of, of a myth. But before I do, uh, I've got to tell everyone, I found this incredible video on YouTube not too long ago, and I actually posted it on my video blog, uh, and I'll give you that, uh, tell you how to get a hold of the video blog here in a minute, but basically, uh, you know, I've heard this over the last 30 years where, you know, you have expansion and contraction within a floor system, and I've had clients tell me that they were sitting in their living room watching TV one night, and all of a sudden they heard this loud popping uh, like someone was firing a gun off in their house. And basically what was happening is the pressure of the installation was causing the tile to, to actually pop. And someone caught it on video, sound and all. So if you want to see this, uh, I would highly recommend that you go to my video blog. It's kind of a long uh, website address, so instead of trying to give it out here on the air and you trying to frantically write it down, send me an email. My email address is fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com. That's F-U, I mean F-H-U. E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com, and I'll just go ahead and send you a link. But uh, go ahead and take a look at it. It's, it's an incredible, uh, incredible video. I'm surprised someone actually caught it uh, on camera, so uh, take a look at it. All right, the telephone number to call in here if you want to contribute to today's um, Myths, stone myths, whether it's stone or tile or whatever, is 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. You can also send me an email at that email address I just gave out. Or if you're on Facebook, go ahead and uh, send me a message on Messenger. So I've got a bunch of them. I actually posted a, a little request on Facebook, oh, a couple of days ago, asking if anybody else had myths. And, you know, a lot of the myths you submitted uh, I've heard of before, but some of them I haven't. And, well, I actually have, but I uh, haven't thought of them. So I've got quite a few here. So let's start at the very beginning. And the first one I have is pre-sealing stone tile before grouting. And I know there's some manufacturers out there that recommend this. They say, you know, if you pre-seal the tile prior to uh, grouting, you won't have a problem with the grout sticking to the to the to the stone or even penetrating into the stone. And the problem I have with that is that if you could seal the top of the stone without touching the sides of the stone, that might work. But here's what happens when you're using a sealer, and, and what I'm talking about here is I'm not talking about a grout release. A grout release is usually an acrylic coating. When we're talking about sealing here, we're talking about impregnators. You know, the impregnators that, what do they do? They repel oil and they repel water. So you can imagine what happens if you impregnate the stone uh, with these impregnators prior to grouting, and now you have that sealer penetrated into the stone and on the sides, and then you try to grout. What is grout? Unless you're using epoxy grout and you're using a water-based grout, it's going to what? It's going to repel. 
So what you tend to see on, on those particular situations is you see a fine line where the, the grout is actually separating uh, from the stone. So I usually don't recommend pre-sealing uh, your stone before you install it. So that's, I, I, I don't know if I call that a myth or not, but it, it's definitely a misnomer that I, at least I believe is out there. Uh, and the second one here is, is one that I'm sure all you experienced guys have heard. I cannot believe this myth is still going around or this misinformation is still going around. And it probably comes from, and no offense to you ceramic tile guys out there, primarily comes from the ceramic tile installers. And that is all you have to do to keep your marble looking nice is to use a little vinegar and water. Well, you know, you experienced people out there know that vinegar is acetic acid. It's an acid, and it's going to etch marble. Now, if it doesn't etch it right away, it will over time. So a little bit of vinegar and water is going to change the pH of your water, of your mop water, and eventually it's going to dull the surface down. And even though vinegar doesn't affect granite, uh, it, it can eventually cause a dullness depending on the, the type, of, type of granite. And we actually went into that last week when we were talking about uh, geology. Uh, the other one that's been around for a long, long time, and the Natural Stone Institute has a great paper. Uh, you want to go to their website, Natural Stone Institute, and check this out if you ever have an issue, especially you fabricators out there or people who are selling granite, where they come up with a claim, I don't want to put granite on my kitchen countertop because it contains radon gas. And it's just, well... If I had to answer that yes or no, if someone said, okay, I need a yes or no answer, does granite contain radon? And the answer probably would be yes. However, the amount of radon that's emitted in most granite is so minute, you would literally have to live to be 5,000 years old in order for it to affect you. If you're living on a slab-on-grade installation, like in Florida, California, Texas, or whatever, and you have a slab on the ground, it's probably emitting a heck of a lot more radon uh, than, than your granite countertop is. And like I said, the Natural Stone Institute did a whole uh, a study on this, and I'm not going to go through the paper, but just go to their website, you'll, uh, you'll see it. Uh, the other granite myth is that granite harbors bacteria. Now, being from a scientific background, and especially biology, I can tell you in order for bacteria to grow, and most of you should know this from high school biology, what does bacteria need? It needs a food source. Where is the food source on granite? Well, you may say, well, you know, I've got a granite countertop and I'm cooking food on it all the time. I'm cutting meat, I'm, you know, whatever. You're cooking on, or not cooking, but preparing on the granite countertop, and it, it's going to harbor bacteria. Well, again, that's not true. Uh, and the reason that's not true is because you clean your granite countertop, at least hopefully you clean it. As a matter of fact, there was an organization a number of years ago, and I think it was something like the National Housekeeping Association, that actually studied like 10 different types of countertop materials, and they inoculated them with bacteria. And you know what the number one safest countertop was out there? No, it wasn't granite. It was stainless steel, but granite came in number two. And then you have others that fell below that, including butcher block, which was not so popular today, but was popular for years and years and years. But a lot of you guys out there are still using butcher black block 
cutting boards, which can harbor bacteria because it's wood, and the wood itself is an organic uh, organic matter. So granite contain, containing radon and granite containing bacteria is is a myth. Uh, and this is primarily done, and I'm sorry for you people that are solid surface people out there, but you know a lot of the solid surface manufacturers trying to compete with natural stone are putting this out there. And even some of your Quartz surfacing people are putting that out there. You know, um, you know, our quartz surfaces contains microban, which is an antibacterial. You don't need it with natural stone. You don't need an antibacterial. Um, but uh, this is some of the the myths that are being spelt out there to try to sell against granite. One of those additional myths are granite difficult to repair. Well. I'm sure I have a ton of stone restoration people in here that repair granite countertops on a constant basis. All kinds of repair kits out there, and they've gotten better and better, especially uh, over the years since you know I first started. We used to you know basically use epoxies and polyesters out of a can and try to color match them. And today we've got all kinds of neat uh, repair kits that that can effectively repair a chip in granite, a hole in granite, a pits in granite. So. Again, uh, granite being difficult to repair is not true. It is a myth. Um, my additional one is, is more, I guess, of a pet peeve, and that's a myth. And I, I see this all the time, and I know I've talked about this several times on the show, and that is the word efflorescence. Now, I'm not going to get into what efflorescence is, but my pet peeve is hearing you guys out there that constantly call efflorescence, effervescence. Effervescence and efflorescence are two entirely different things. Effervescence is what happens when you drop the Alka-Seltzer in the, in the water and it fizzes and it bubbles. That's called effervescence. It's effervescing. We're, what we're talking about when we talk about stone and concrete, efflorescence is a soluble salt that comes to the surface. It's not fizzing and bubbling like effervescence is. So remember, efflorescence. Um, I did a whole, almost an entire show on cracks versus fissures, and this is another one that uh, I've seen a lot of fabricators out there try to sneak their way out of making, either making repair or replacing a countertop because a customer will call and claim they have a crack or a crack has developed, and the fabricator goes out there and says, oh, no, that's not a crack, that's a fissure. Well, you know, it, it's a constant problem, and you know, the way to tell whether you're dealing with a crack or a fissure, just real quickly, because I know I covered this extensively, uh, is that, you know, first of all, rub your fingernail across it. If one side is higher than the other, it's probably a crack, uh, although cracks can occur in a natural fissure. If you look at the pattern of the crack, the, you know, does it go around a crystal in the granite? Does it go through a crystal in the granite? Uh, if it goes through it, it's probably a crack. If it goes around it, it may be a fissure. So it, it, it's kind of, you know, it, it's kind of su subjective, uh, but you can tell. I mean, by examining the countertop carefully. Uh, I happen to use one of these little hand microscopes so I can actually look at it uh, on a microscopic level and tell whether we're dealing with a crack versus a fissure. Um, the next myth, and I've, I've seen this over the years and to this day, uh, people will say, well, you know, if the stone has veins, then it's got to be marble. Well, that's not true. Uh, a lot of stone that's marble has veins. There's marbles that don't have veins. There's granites that have veins. And there's other uh, stones like onyx, which is really classified as a marble, that will have veins. So, you know, from a visual standpoint, just looking at marble or just looking at a stone, 
and saying it's marble because it has veins is a myth. Now, along that same line, and I hear this all the time uh, by a lot of stone restoration guys, is that the darker the stone is, the softer it is. Now, while we do know that soft stones are, some of the darker stones are soft, Negro Marquina being one, that's not always the case. Remember what gives stone, marble, granite, you know, limestone, its color is usually minor as what we call accessory minerals. So usually if you see red, you're going to, you know, the iron's going to be present. So color really has nothing to do with the softness of, of, the, uh, of the stone itself or hardness for that matter. Um, the next myth is coatings are sacrificial. I remember when I first started in this business almost 40 years ago, uh, was a restoration company, and we had to battle constantly the coating companies, the companies out there selling floor waxes. In other words, uh, basically stating that the reason you want to coat stone flooring is because the coating becomes sacrificial. And that's not true. Uh, and I've actually done several studies where we've taken, you know, done this in the field, this was in laboratory testing, done this in the field where we'll take, you know, a, a long corridor, for example, or a lobby and coat it, half of it, and then leave the other half, you know, what we call naturally polished. And then after, you know, a, a given period of time, whether it's two weeks or a month, go back and strip off the coating and see which, you know, which side had more damage. And lo and behold, or surprisingly, what side had more damage was the coated side. And the reason for that is the coating is softer than the stone. It'll attract dirt, and when someone steps on the floor, it's going to grind it in. It actually holds it there and allows it to grind in. So sacrificial coatings are not sacrificial, in, in my opinion, and I'd like someone to try to prove me prove me otherwise. Um, the next myth I've, I've heard a lot of recently uh, and I think this is the, the reason we're hearing this myth is simply because of the popularity uh, of terrazzo. You know, terrazzo was really big back in the 1960s. Uh, you know, even homes here and where I live in Florida, they were all terrazzo floors. But terrazzo is making a big, big comeback. And now we're starting to hear uh, rumors that you know, well, and we're talking about the the cement-based terrazzo, the Portland-based cement terrazzo is not necessarily the epoxy terrazzo. That terrazzo has asbestos in it. And again, asbestos is only harmful if you grind it. And if you're grinding it dry, you might have an issue if there's asbestos in that terrazzo. Now, I've done many terrazzo jobs. We've actually tested a lot of uh, terrazzo, and I can't think of one instance where I actually found, you know, harmful amounts of asbestos in terrazzo. Could it occur in there? Sure, it could. You could have anything occurring in terrazzo, but... Uh, uh, to come out and blatantly say that, you know, all terrazzo has asbestos is wrong, and it's a myth. Um, the next one is sealers are unsafe for food food areas or food preparation areas. And when I say sealers, again, I'm talking about impregnators. And the answer to that is no, because the sealer has a carrier. Usually it's either water or it's a solvent. And once that solvent um, and remember, these things penetrate below the surface. And once that solvent evaporates away, guess what? There's nothing there. There's, there's no solvent left. So it's actually penetrated below in a perfectly and, – and that, 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 that the, whether it's silicone or whether it's a floral compound, actually becomes you know, coated in the pores of the stone, not necessarily on top of the stone. And I'll go one better than that, and I think it was the Food and Drug Administration, and I'd have to look this up. I should have before the show, and I just forgot to. It actually came out with a statement that basically says 
that sealers, once they're cured, are safe uh, for granite countertops. So that's something if you get one of your customers or if you're a customer out there and you're concerned about that, don't be. It's it's not a, not a problem at all. Uh, someone sent in on the Facebook page when I asked, you know, from the stone myths and uh, they, this particular person said that uh, he's heard that people are using mineral spirits to seal soapstone. And I think that might be a little bit of confusion because mineral spirits is paint thinner. Uh, but how, however, you can use mineral oil. Uh, mineral oil has been recommended to, uh, to to use on soapstone for a long, long time, as far as I can remember, probably way before my time. Uh, so I got a feeling that's where that came from. It's not mineral spirits; it's actually mineral oil. Um, the next one is hollow sounds on a stone floor or a tile floor, for that matter, will lead to failures. And you know that that's not necessarily true. Um, you know, I always say. You need, and actually, I did a video blog on this as well. So you want to go back and, uh, you know, look at the video blogs, and you'll you'll see where I'm actually showing you how to sound a floor for hollow sounds. There's all kinds of things that can cause a hollow sound. Uh, it can be bad. It can cause failure. But it could be a soundproof membrane. It could be acoustics in the in the area you're you're tapping. Uh, it could be any number of things. So just sounding the floor and saying that is hollow really requires a trained ear. And I actually go over this in my, my video blog. So, again, send me an email, F Houston F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com, and I'll send you the link to those video blogs. I think I've done about six so far. All right, if you have a question, I have a few more myths I want to cover here, but if you have a question, uh, feel free to call in at 323-870-3968, or go ahead and send me a a message on Messenger from my Facebook page. Just look up Stone Forensics and you'll find me. Or send me an email, fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com, and be more than happy. I'm going to answer them. And if you're, you know, you're listening to this on the archives and not listening to it live, go ahead and send me a question anyway to my email address, and uh, we'll cover it on a, on a future show. Okay, the uh, next one I actually got sent in to me is that a lot of people believe that all stone comes pre-sealed and that's why it's shiny. Uh, that's not why it's shiny at all unless it's coated and if it's honed and then coated it'll be shiny, but it's a natural shine. It's a, it's a shine caused by abrasion. And I think I went over this in one of my past shows, which, you know, it's a matter of optics. The smoother you make the stone, the more uh, gloss you're going to get on the stone itself, but it's not by... Uh, sealing the stone or coating coating the stone. Uh, another one that's got a myth that's going around is nothing stains granite. Um, you know this. That's not true. As a matter of fact, in my classes, I always ask the class, okay, you, we go over a little geology like we did in last week's show, and then I say, what do you think is more porous, marble or granite? Ninety percent of the time, the class will say marble is more porous than granite, and that's not true. If you look at how these two materials are formed, marble is closely, is more densely packed than granite, and there's less porosity to marble. And if you want to prove this to yourself, just take two pieces of stone, take a piece of marble, take a piece of granite, flip it over on the backside, place a drop of water on each side, and time to see which one soaks in the water faster. And you're going to be surprised now. Of course, they want to be unsealed. You don't want it to be resined. You're going to find that granite uh, will soak in much quicker. The reason I think most people believe that marble 
is uh, more porous is because usually a lot of the marbles are light in color, especially you know your light, your white Carraras, your white colored marbles, which tend to look tend to show the stains more than some of the darker colored granites will. So that's probably where that that myth that myth comes from. Um, sealers protect against etching. Uh, we know that's not true, and that's one thing we always want to tell our customers: the sealers. Uh, first of all, if you're using an impregnator, and that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about sealers, um, you're not going to know it's there. The only way you're going to know it's there is that liquids, especially water-based liquids, oil-based liquids, aren't going to soak into the stone. Uh, they're not going to add shine. They're not going to look different than they did before they were sealed, and they're not going to prevent etching. If you want to prevent etching, you have to go to the, one of the anti-etch coatings, or films, and I've covered those in, I think, three or four shows. So you want to go back and listen to the archives if you want more information on the anti-etch products that are that are out there. Um, this one came in from a uh, from a restoration guy that uh, saying, you know, that when you buy the, your diamonds, your diamond abrasives uh, from a lot of the distributors and companies are going to say, up, oh, it's a sin to skip grits, and that's not true at all. I mean, I can show you how to hone and polish a you know basic marble floor, whether it's Carrara or Negro Marquina, Crema Marfil, whatever, say starting with a 120, skipping the 220, going to 400, and going straight to a polish. So you don't necessarily have to go through every single grit. And if you're not familiar with that, that process, I'd highly recommend that you attend a seminar. And I can recommend some as well. The Stone and Tile School in, uh, in Florida is one where you can learn that, that, that trick. Um, the next myth I got sent in, and actually this is a myth that I've heard, is that at, you know granites are acid-proof, they're acid-resistant, and there's no acids that will affect granite. Well, that's not true because if you've ever taken any of my basic classes, you'll hear of the acid known as hydrofluoric acid. Not chloric acid, but hydrofluoric acid with an F. And uh, that's a really nasty acid. Uh, you can find that a lot in rust removers, even in the grocery stores. I've seen hydrofluoric acid, and uh, it's very dangerous to use. Uh, basically, will attack the calcium in your bones. It'll soak right through your skin, and it'll seek calcium, and it will etch glass, and it will etch granite. Um, someone, a friend of mine, actually one of my students from last year, sent this in that says, uh, it's okay to to stand and jump on a countertop. And, you know, I had a laugh because I've, I've actually seen some photographs and taken some photographs myself of people standing on countertops. And while this is frowned upon, I have always told my fabrication students that you want to install your countertops as if someone's going to stand on them. And why? Because they're going to stand on them at one point. They're either going to you know, be dusting, they're going to be changing a light bulb, reaching for something, they're going to stand on those countertops, so you want to make sure you install them so they can take that type of abuse. With Not necessarily someone jumping up and down all over them, but standing on them, no. I mean, you want to install them for that. And then the last one that I got just, just a few minutes ago was, and I actually didn't know the answer to this, is that granite fades in color. And this isn't only true for granite. It's also true for just about any stone or any surface, as a matter of fact. And UV light is, is terrible. It will fade stone. And I've seen this over and over and over again. So, you know, if you're using stone outside, it will fade. Now, that's barring 
resin-based stones. And again, I did a whole show on resin-based stones. Resin-based stones will, will darken and fade and turn colors uh, if they're resin and you put them under UV light, you know, basically in an outdoor environment. But even without the resins in them, they will uh, tend to fade somewhat. They tend to get lighter when they're natural. With the resins, they tend to get, you know, a little bit darker. All right, folks, so uh, <clears throat> that's it for my stone myths. If you have any, uh, you may want to call in real quick here because I'm about to wrap things up. Um, I'm going to give the number out one more time, 323-870-3968. Uh, next week i got a great show. I, got, um, I, I apologize if I'm saying your name wrong, Mark, but Mark Heil, Heilman, with, uh, he's the NTCA trainer. And uh, it's going to be a great, I know everybody knows Mark, but he's, he's a really uh, nice guy, knows a lot, and trained, has trained a lot of, lot of installers. So we're going to be interviewing him, and the, I think the week or the week after that or the week after that, I can't remember what, what, what day it is, we're going to be uh, interviewing a, a rep from Mapei. Uh, so some really, really good technical information. Now, also, if, if you yourself want to be interviewed on my show, drop me an email. Or if you know someone that I should interview or contact to interview or something you want to hear, please drop me an email. It's fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com. Also, I'll let everyone know that I do have some room available in my upcoming stone and tile troubleshooting and inspection class. It's going to be held here in Florida in DeBerry, which is just north uh, of Orlando, in June of this year. So uh, you may want to go ahead and check out my website or give me a call for more information. The website is stoneforensics.com. Uh, just click on the training tab, and it'll tell you all about that. Or give me a call. I'll be more than happy to, to tell, you, tell you about that. Uh, it's a great class. I've only been doing them once a year. This is the first year I'm going to offer it for a second time. I did one in Vegas. This one I'm going to be doing in Florida this year in June. And the next one after that will probably be back in Vegas again uh, during the uh, the Stone Show out there, Stone and Tile Show out there uh, next year in, in January. Um, so, folks, uh, uh, looks like we're going to wrap things up for today. Uh, any, again, if anybody has any questions concerning uh, anything to do with Stone and Tile, drop me an email. Uh, give me a call. I'll be more than happy to help you. That's what I'm here for. So this is Fred Houston with the Stone and Tile Show. We will see everybody next week.